now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Take me to the Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir? I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, along with Captain Dennis. We are your crew for Just Plane Radio, the show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly. One day away from Air Venture 2022, and uh, we're going to have a full report for you next week on that big show for sure. Uh, but today, we got a lot of stuff to cover, including uh, plans to fly into Air Venture, which could be... Uh, on the uh, flight plan for Captain Dennis and his Mooney 201, we're going to go through the process of what it takes to fly your private aircraft into Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Kind of go through the note of the whole thing. And uh, whether you're doing it or not, you might pick up a you know a knowledge nugget or two that uh, whether you want to use it for this year's event or next year's event, you'll have an idea of what it entails to fly your private aircraft into that massive event. Uh, but we got some other uh, news and information to share. Uh, and one thing, I, I, right off the bat, I got to set the record straight because there's a news story that broke this week. And uh, no doubt about it, the first thing people are thinking like, hey, was that Greg in Florida at Just Plain Radio? No, it was not me. So explain what happened here, Dennis. Well, I can see how they might have thought it would have been you. I mean, the guy got arrested for crashing a Cherokee 140 on Interstate 70 outside of Kansas City. He was out of gas and apparently out of booze. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So, yeah, and the first uh, thought is like, hey, could that be that guy, Greg, from just... No, it is not, because. but there is a Florida connection where we're based out of, but it was not me. And uh, and so explain. So he, he landed his airplane, but uh, this was after he had basically taken this aircraft, which, by the way, he's a student pilot, so he doesn't even have his flight certificate. But he had taken uh, what one of the uh, FBO planes or one of the yeah, it was planes. a Piper Cherokee. Yeah. yeah. And flew it all the way down to Florida. <laughs> Well, that's that's the crazy part. I mean, he they said, you know, looking back into this, okay, he crashed the plane at 245 in the morning on a freeway in Missouri. Mm-hmm. All right, that in and of itself is is kind of unusual. But then they started, you know, looking at the history of where the airplane had been. And he only has a student pilot certificate. He flew the plane all the way to Florida, making stops along the way and back. And then it finally emptied when he ran out of gas. Wow. Uh, <laughs> How did this happen? Yeah. Exactly. Well, poor planning uh, on many levels. Uh, just well, there was no I, I really planning to be the, well, <laughs> no right and, on his part. Well, and I'd, I'd be very interested to find out, you know, what the what the history is with his flight instructor. How long ago was this guy signed off? Because mm-hmm. you know, if it was relatively recent, that flight instructor is going to have some serious explaining to do. Right, and, which is unfortunate because he may not have been, even been involved. This guy may have just decided, I am going to doing this, and just took off and. There was probably, oh, I guarantee there was no endorsement in his logbook authorizing the cross-country flight, much less a, a night flight. I mean, there's not many CFIs that find it necessary to make a night endorsement to allow a, a student to fly solo at night because we have plenty of daytime. Why take the risk? Right. You know, the only place that really comes into play is maybe Alaska, where it's night for 20 hours a day. 
Well, I am surprised, and maybe we'll get some more details uh, about this situation next week. But, yeah, how does this happen? I mean, okay, of course, he could take the plane and fly wherever he, ever he wants. But isn't that at some point uh, a tower or a monitoring station is going to notice that there's this airplane is flying down to Florida in an area where it wasn't supposed to be? And uh, wouldn't he have to identify himself? And uh, you would think some red flags would have gone off uh, during the trip, but it doesn't sound like that was the case until he actually uh, landed on the highway. Or did he land or did he actually crash? Because he ran oh, he out did, of fuel. He actually did. It looks like uh, from the pictures I've seen, I mean, he landed it and the airplane seems relatively intact. Yeah, that's what I thought. He actually landed the plane, and uh, but but he was found to be under the influence of uh, maybe a cocktail or two and some other illegal substances that uh, that they got him for. Um, but, but, you know, just flying a plane as a student pilot, uh, you would think that'd be enough to, you know, alert the authorities along the way on this track, you would think, right? Well, think about it though. That's the beautiful thing about general aviation. You know, we don't need to have our papers to go fly. I mean, I can hop in the airplane today and be back in Minnesota or in New York and, you know, never have to talk to anybody if, as long as I'm not going through a towered airport, you know, uncontrolled fields and not talking to flight aware or flight service or anything like that you can do that mm. and well, that may be what this guy did I but guess. even if he didn't nobody's generally there's not somebody sitting at every airport asking you for your license and your registration right right well i guess if he, he if he had flown all the way down to florida and back uh vfr i guess that's what you're saying then right right okay so yeah hey. i guess that's i'm just thinking that uh, on a trek like that you would have a little bit more contact but uh, you're right. I guess he could just go bounce around from different uh, non-towered airports, do whatever the hell he did wanted to yes, do. And- self-service fuels available almost everywhere. So as long as you got a credit card to you know fire the pump up, you right. keep you know. Well, you don't ever have to talk to the FBO even. He didn't do that because he ran out of fuel. <laughs> well, <laughs> so he just didn't plan point, it right. Yeah, uh, you know, maybe he was going down to Florida to pick up some good weed. <laughs> Well, it sounds like he might have because they did arrest him for drug possession, paraphernalia, and a few other things. So, you know, one only knows. Maybe that's how he was funding his flight training. I I don't condone this, but, you know, stranger things have happened. Well, indeed. And, uh, yeah, it was funny because they, I I don't know, they got him for, did did I read the story right that they got him for driving while intoxicated? (laughs) Well, that's in general. I mean, you can get you know, DUI or boating under the influence, whatever. And then I'm sure the FAA is going to, you know, get, you know, put charges against him or, or and certainly revoke whatever rating well, yeah, or but certificate. I, what, was it, wasn't it Highway Patrol that got him because he landed on the interstate or something? Well, and at that point, I mean, you can have a lawn tractor right. and drive it on the road and they'll get you for DUI. So it's a motorized vehicle. It's on the highway. Yes, we can get you for DUI at yeah. your airplane. I don't even know if the FAA has gotten involved yet on that. Uh, level at least from what i read on the story it looked like like they got him like uh, hey uh, you were yeah you're driving on the interstate oh yeah it's an airplane but you're under the influence we see all this stuff uh, you know you need to go talk to the judge uh yeah. so i don't know we'll see but well uh, it sounded like there was a a trucker um that saw the airplane you know about you know crossing over the top of her as right. he was about to land so she actually blocked traffic with her truck 
uh, so that nobody would, you know, come flying up from behind and hit the airplane. Mm -hmm. But she went out to check on the airplane and when she opened the cabin, she could smell the booze. So Mm. it had to, had either been a rough landing and broke a bottle or, or somebody was uh, sampling the wares on the way. Right. Yeah. Either way, not good. He was not all there. I mean, uh, no one in their right mind would be doing this kind of stuff. He's lucky to be alive. But uh, but just for the record, it was not me. Yeah. <laughs> so and, and quit sending was, your was, emails. <laughs> if I was the guy that owned the airplane, uh, he'd be lucky to be alive, too, because I'd probably want to kill him. Well, true. Yeah, and see, if, if I was uh, training under the tutelage of Captain Dennis, um, yeah, uh, I wouldn't be talking right now. He, he would have uh, taken care of business in his own way. And uh, left me off in a ditch, unconscious or something. But uh, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> but yeah, it, you know, uh, there's uh, the moral of that one, I guess, is just uh, don't do that <laughs> unless you want to be the, uh, you know, uh, plastered all over the news. Because that made the mainstream media definitely in that uh, neck of the woods. But even on the national stage, I saw that uh, story pop out through there a little bit. So that was, that was an interesting one for sure. But I don't know. Hey, will he get any credit on his uh, for on his uh, training for cross country for that <laughs> cross country on that one? Well, hours are hours. I yeah. mean, it, you you can log whatever you want, but uh, at the end of the day, he was not uh, definitely wasn't endorsed by a flight instructor for that trip. And uh, yeah, let's let's just not not do that. Make sure that if you're going to take your airplane out as a student pilot, make sure you talk to your flight instructor, get the proper endorsements, make sure you got everything. Uh, you know, ready to go. We don't need you to run out of gas because that's part of the planning that your flight instructor is supposed to go over with you is to ensure that you have adequate fuel. But uh, he could say a cross country is a cross country, whether I'm high as a kite, literally, or I run out of gas. I still went a long way, Teach. What do you want from me? More coming up on Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Approach the great and powerful Roz. Uh, Dennis, uh, Hangar 18 down the street. Smilings! The great and powerful Roz knows why you have come. Okay, uh, some spark plug wires and washers for my Mooney 201. Silence! The magnificent Roz has every intention of granting your request. Great! But first, you must prove yourself worthy by bringing me a stick from a Cirrus Vision Jet. You know, I'm not a fan of the whole flying monkey thing. I think I'm going to call aircraft spruce and specialty. Oh, okay, you got me. Uh, just a man behind the curtain with a aircraft spruce catalog. Pretty cool, though, huh? You don't need a wizard to find parts for your plane. You need Aircraft Spruce and Specialty. Supplying the aviation industry for over 50 years. Aircraft Spruce and Specialty. Call 877-4-SPRUCE. 877-4-SPRUCE or go to aircraftspruce.com. That's aircraftspruce.com. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. 
Do you have a message or product you need to share with the aviation world? Well, look no further than Just Plane Radio. Just like you, thousands of aviation enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. Go to JustPlaneRadio.com. Send us an email and let us get to work to make your marketing message matter. With Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. About this time, someone is telling you to get on the plane. Get on the plane, get on the plane. I say, ah! you, I'm getting in the plane. In the plane. Let evil Knievel get on the plane. I'll be in here with you folks in uniform. I'll be flying high, yeah, I'll be flying high. Shouty, I'll be flying high. Yeah, I be flying high, shawty, I be flying high It take long to get this fly If you ain't up on my level, this a piece, don't reply Bye. This is Just Plane Radio, Greg, your co-pilot That is me along Captain Dennis We're your crew navigating the latest aviation news and information We're going to talk about flying into AirVenture And the notum that you got to go through And the process that they have Pretty unique to fly into a, a major aviation event like that. And uh, we're going to go through that, uh, not just for your sake, but for Dennis's sake, because he has a Mooney 201 that he may be uh, taking into AirVenture here tomorrow. So uh, we figured we'd just do it on the radio. So that's coming up. But first, you know, we, we covered the first story about the guy who got drunk and high and flew down to Florida and back and ran out of gas. You don't want to be that guy. Uh, he was a beginner pilot. Uh, probably going you know flying beyond his means is his uh i don't know one way to look at it i guess but um but it can happen on the other end of the spectrum too where you're you know so far advanced in your flying life your your aviation skills that you forget to do all the checklists or you get a little too confident and uh, the NTSB just released this report about the event that happened last year with this. He he was an acrobatic flyer. Is that right? That's right. He was a formal naval avi- aviator and a current air show performer. So this is a guy that's got about 6,500 hours um, as just as a civilian pilot. Yeah. So he's he's been around a patch once or twice. Yeah. What's his name? Snodgrass? Dale is- Snodgrass. Yeah. They call him what? Snods? Is that, is that right? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see the call sign in, in the articles, but yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, I mean, it, I, you know, it was tragic. Yeah. I mean, he lost very. his life in this uh, incident. But what was really odd was, you know, everybody was very surprised when it happened because he had so much experience. But now that the report has been released, they've actually come back and said the reason he crashed on takeoff was because he didn't remove what the uh do not fly yoke lock on the his control aircraft? lock yeah the gust lock that keeps the aileron and the elevator from bouncing around when you lock the plane yeah you know that's a real head scratcher uh, to me because you know it's like you know we have that on our cessnas now I don't, i'm not sure what aircraft he was flying but i don't know how you could even you know taxi out to the runway with uh with the uh, lock on control lock well, I bet you could do it in a Cessna with the control lock on. Think about it for a second. How do you taxi a Cessna? With your feet. Right. 
the gust lock doesn't affect the rudder. The gust lock on the Cessna 172s and 150s is literally a pin that drops through the middle of the control column through yeah, the yoke. Right. Now, Cessna, to their you know credit, they actually have a fairly complex bent piece of metal that goes through there with an arm on it that even has a big placard and plate you know, remove before flight, and it's yeah. designed to actually block the ignition switch. It'd be hard to miss on that one, for sure. Yeah, very, very hard to miss. It's right there in the line of sight. But this guy but the, had a different type of aircraft, different type of control lock, maybe that was a little less obvious? Well, yeah, looking at the airplane he was flying was a Cymarchetti SM1019B, which it's a lot of letters, a lot of words. But basically, it was an Italian-built copy of the the L-19, the Cessna-built bird dog. Hmm. Okay. So, uh, we're talking a high-wing tail-dragger airplane. Yeah. So, obviously, you're going to taxi out using the rudder. Well, it turns out that the gust lock on this aircraft, very similar. You can taxi the airplane, but it locks out the elevator and the ailerons. Hmm. And it doesn't go through the control column because this thing has a stick on the floor like a fighter jet. Oh, right. Okay. So the way that this uh, gust lock, apparently it like hooks in down by the rudder pedals. It's like a big U-shaped piece and it lo- pushes against the, where the rudder cables attach. That's how it anchors on one end. And then it pops up and then pushes against the stick. So the way that the dash is laid out, if you're looking down at the control stick, you can barely see that they don't have like a big remove before flight tag or something on it. So, right. Okay. But, I see. But still, you're out at the end of the runway. You're about to do your takeoff. What's the first thing that you do? Go through your checklist. Flight controls, free and correct. That's one yeah. of the first things I do. You know, right. your thumbs grab the horns of the yoke. Your thumbs are up. Turn it to the right. Your thumbs are pointed to the right aileron. Is it up? Mm-hmm. Same thing with the left. Then look behind you. You know, it should have been very quick. It takes just a second to sweep the controls like that and yeah. make sure that you don't have anything binding up or it's not hitting your co-pilot's. Um, iPad that's sitting on his lap or something like that. Right. So that should have happened on the run-up or the checklist or both. And that's the moral of the story, according to the NTSB. They're just like, hey, you know, uh, even super experienced pilots like this can make basically kind of a dumb mistake and uh, can and, and tragedy. And so what, what, you know, what the old story is, there's uh, old pilots, there's bold pilots, but there's not old, bold pilots. This kind of illustrates that, unfortunately, I guess, right? Well, and, and also the old uh, old wives uh, or the old comment, you know, complacency kills. And that's really what happens. You have to be in the habit of following the routines every single time yeah. because you'll forget something. How many times do you, you know, you get out to the run-up area and you do everything and you're like, oh, crap, I forgot to get the checklist out. It only takes a second. Right. When you're flying a retractable gear airplane, how many times do you say gumps? You know, gear, gas, undercarriage, mixture, prop, speed, seatbelt switches. I do it at least five or six times because I don't want to be that guy. And, and I just, you just have to be in that mentality of always checking. And I thought you were just making a reference to Forrest Gump. I didn't know that was actually. Well, life is like a box of chocolates. Yeah, I just thought you were blurting out something. I don't know what he's talking about. He's talking to himself. And No, I check the likes, gear down at least a half a dozen times. It may seem obsessive, but. I don't want to forget. So and I want to instill is the acronym. To, go ahead. And, and of course, I know this, but it is what again? Gear, gear under, down, gear. undercarriage down. Make sure the gear is down. Pretty sure I put the gear down. 
certainly I got the gear down. That's ah, a dumps okay. check. Yeah, okay. Dumps. No, gotcha. but really it's, it's gas. So in my airplane, it's, do we have the fuel in the fullest tank? Do we have the boost pump on? Undercarriage. That's the U in gumps. So mm-hmm. is the undercarriage down with the Mooney 201? It's all mechanical electric motor. So we have a, we don't have three green lights, but we do have a gear, you know, gear lo- down and locked up on the instrument panel. But in the floor, there's also a second indication with a light on it as well. So we can actually verify that the gear is, you know, fully locked down because you're actually looking at the internal structure of the gear. There's actually a little flag that pops up into this lens. So I check both places to make sure that it isn't just a switch turning on or something. I really do have the gear down. So you get gas undercarriage, you put the mixture full forward or as appropriate down here in Florida, we're full forward as we're coming in for landing and the propeller. uh, Once the airplane is slowed down and you got the man, you know, the power back for landing. Once you're down below about 15 inches, you can go full, full propeller, get it ready for a go around. And then seatbelt switches, safety. That's the gums check. Well, there you go. And uh, just as a reminder, you can think of Forrest Gump. That's all I heard. (laughs) Okay, coming up next, we're going to go through the process of flying into AirVenture in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. That's next on Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I didn't play golf today. I took a flying lesson. Mm-hmm. How was that? Uneventful. So what do you want to do? Fly alone in your little plane? No. The whole point is to find something we can do together. What are you waiting for? This is Just Plane Radio. Gregor, co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis. We are crew navigating the latest aviation news and information and gearing up for our venture. Uh, literally starts tomorrow. Uh, Dennis is planning to fly his Mooney 201 uh, out there. If things go as planned, anything could happen. you got a plan B and a C. Just watching the weather and all that kind of stuff as well. Right, Dennis? That's right. I mean, the primary is I want to fly the Mooney up there. Obviously, that's going to be the most convenient and the most fun. But depending on personal commitments and things like that uh, and weather, I, I'm not opposed to taking the airline route. And so I've I've looked at, and there's still tickets available into Appleton, but also Milwaukee and Madison are also options. So, okay. so we, depending on 
we'll figure something out. You I'm going to get there come hell or high water, right? There you go. Uh, we will see. And, of course, you'll hear all about uh, you know the, the, his journey next week on the show, one way or another, whether it's commercial or, or private, hopefully. But planning for private takes a little bit more prep. And, 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 you know, checking out the notums and the process of what it's going to be to fly into Oshkosh, Wisconsin, largest aviation event in the world, uh, largest airport in the world, uh, starting, well, probably today, actually, I guess. It's right? going to be the busiest airport, the busiest control tower in the world for yeah. the week of AirVenture. They have more takeoffs and landings than Atlanta, Hartsfield, Jackson. It is a nutty a process. And until you've done it, um, I, I don't know. It's it's hard to describe. I, I well, actually, uh, I haven't flown into AirVenture, but I've done the the smaller version of it. It's Sun and Fun. Sun and Fun kind of borrowed the technique or the process that they use at AirVenture. Or they've been doing for years. Is that right? Yeah, it's very similar. It, it, the same thing is you you. Know, you- wind up uh, getting lined up far in advance and you don't talk you just follow the published uh, notice and follow the course atc you, you listen to them they'll tell you to rock your wings to acknowledge they'll tell you where to turn all that um, eaa has been refining this process continuously for you know 20 30 years now and basically it's up to every pilot to make sure that they know and understand that uh, that oshkosh notice uh, before they ever get in the plane and head over there uh, go ahead and pull it up. Go in for flight. Just search. Type in Oshkosh. The first thing on the list is the Air Vet, the Oshkosh 2020 notice. I like to print it out. That way I can have a hard copy. The other thing that you're going to want to do, um, in the same place on EAA's website, you'll find uh, they have these nice little uh, signs that you can print out to stick in your window. Because once you get on the ground, you need to be able to tell the signalers where you're parking. Are you going to general aviation camping? Are you going to the FBO? Are you just... Uh, you know, wherever. And so they've got these, these little flat little symbols you can print on an eight by 10 piece of paper to stick in your window to help uh, navigate on the ground as well. So uh, it's worth taking a little bit of time to prepare and have everything instead of just, you know, showing up and creating a chaos and mess. Right. Uh, they've, they've got it really real well refined. It's very easy to create chaos in a situation like that. If you're not familiar with the with the plan that uh, you're supposed to follow. And they will get agitated with you, I think, pretty quickly if uh, they see you're not following the rules and and uh, don't seem to know what's going on. So th- this isn't like, uh, you know, a suggestion. It's it's supposed to be a requirement. You could get into trouble if you don't follow the proper procedures. Isn't that right? That's, that's right. You do not go and press direct OSH enter on your Garmin and expect to be able to fly right straight to the center of the airport. Right. Uh, you know, if you take a look, the FISC arrival is what they call the process. And it basically sets up a conga line where all the arrivals start to focus into uh, the city of FISC. And then from there, they'll be able to split you off to either the north, uh, the north runway or the south runway, either way. And if you don't follow these procedures, it gets to be just a gaggle of airplanes coming from everywhere. And so by, by following the whole FISC process, they're able to set you up. If they start to get backed up, if there's too many airplanes on the ground or, God forbid, somebody has an incident and they have to close a runway, well, they can park you and you can sit there in orbit over Green Lake. And then when things open up, they can start to peel you off out of Green Lake back onto the arrival route. And uh, this year, they've actually extended uh, the, the old uh, FISC arrival. You're no longer starting at the city of Ripon. They have several other um, 
points that you can check in going all the way back to the town of Endeavor. So they've extended it out to give you more options to funnel the traffic in and more places to hold if they need to, if things start to get too busy. Hmm. So uh, how far out is that from Oshkosh, uh, some of those cities? I mean, so you're supposed to reach out at this point and say, hey, I'm, what, 10 miles from the airport? And uh, at what point do they tell you to quit talking and just listen? Because that's how it is once you get close, right? Well, if you look at the NOTAM, they actually want you to start listening to the ATIS for Oshkosh no less than 60 miles from the airport. They want you to have your lights and transponder on within 50 miles. So you need to, you know, they're starting to, you know, stack things up quite a ways out. Right. And, and so, then ATC, when you listen to that NOTAM, it'll tell you where they want you to start, whether you can proceed direct to Ripon or if they're going to want you to go to Green Lake or even as far back as Endeavor Bridge. And then they've got nice little breakouts with diagrams showing each of the Fisk arrival points coming into Oshkosh. And then once you get even closer, they show a very detailed map showing like Fisk Road and the railroad track that you're supposed to follow from Ripon to Fisk. Um, all of that stuff is all very well detailed in there. Yeah. Then it get then it's just a normal pattern. I mean, you, if you're I've landed on nine two seven. I think every time I've gone into AirVenture, they put you on a write down when you basically go between the gravel pit and the airport, and uh, they'll tell you, you know, White Mooney, Rocky Wings, great. Okay, I need you to land on the green dot and. Keep it in tight traffic behind you. So basically work on your power off 180s and you'll be great. Yeah. But uh, at what point do they tell you do not respond? Because isn't that the case? when You, you never talk them? to them. Right. So you're flying along. Mm-hmm. You're on that Fisk arrival. So let's say we're coming over the town of Ripon. That's yeah. the first place that ATC's really got uh, guys on a trailer with binoculars looking up. And they'll see you. They'll say, White Mooney, rock your wings. Okay. You don't acknowledge it. You just rock plane. Good rock, Mooney. All right, proceed to Fisk. Follow the railroad tracks. And then they you keep heading down. Then the next controller down there. Okay, got a white Mooney over Fisk. I uh, need you to t- uh, follow the uh, 927 approach. Uh, stay inside the gravel pit. Or they'll tell you, follow Fox Fisk Avenue for runway 18. And you just turn to your notum and follow the map. And okay. it'll tell you exactly what to expect and where to go. And once you're on the ground, Follow the volunteers with the flags and the scooters, and they'll get you over to parking because you'll have in your window GAC, hopefully, up there for general aviation camping or vintage camping or wherever it is that you're going to wind up on the field. Right. Okay. Well, I'm just trying to figure out, like, uh, so it'd be uh, the furthest away would be Fisk where you you wouldn't be replying back because that would be in the NOTAM. So um, probably farther back, uh, Rip, the town of Ripon is where you first really start to to make the approach. And then when you get to the town of Fisk is where they're peeling you off to either go to runway 1836 or 927. So they're, they're splitting the traffic load at the city of Fisk, depending on what's going on. So you're, you're not talking to them the minute you start to line up and listen to ATIS and wherever ATIS is telling you to go next to start the arrival. You're not, you're not acknowledging any ATC over the radio. Got it. You're, you're listen. And rock Get your ATIS and then be quiet and listen. And, and if you really want to try this out, um, if you've heard of a website called Pilot Edge, this is uh, very popular with the flight sim community where that you can take your simulator and actually have real air traffic controllers talking to you. They've set up something called SimVenture where you can actually fly the Fisk arrival in flight simulator with actual air traffic controllers. So your little simulated airplane will be flying along and you can actually do the fisk arrival have you thought about doing that yourself before you head out there 
I've done the real thing. I don't know if I want to go do that. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You've already done this. What am I? I've done this like three, four times now. Yeah. Okay. So this is like old hat to you. But uh, but you know the it's still fun. Don't get me wrong. Oh, it's, it's it's a blast. It's uh, controlled chaos. Kind of intimidating to look and see all the planes coming in and out of there. But it does run relatively smoothly uh, when you look at the big picture. So it's an impressive thing to participate in and view there at AirVenture. More coming up. Stay close. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Hold on, who's flying the plane? It's an autopilot. I say these hands were takeoffs and landings. I mean, does a surgeon do the middle of an operation? Yes. You don't. If I could only, I could only fly. I drift with them in the This is Just Plane Radio. Gregor, co-pilot, that is me, along with Captain Dennis. We are your crew navigating the latest aviation news and information. All right, so you want to get into being a pilot for an airline or just getting in the industry for a career? Uh, You may already know this, but uh, some colleges are, what, starting to offer up college credit for just, I don't know, sticking your toes in the aviation water or something or what? Well, as you know, University of North Dakota Grand Forks has probably got one of the biggest um, college aviation programs. Yeah. Well, they have actually started offering credit to students at the Red River High School in Grand Forks, North Dakota. So if you want to take the technical education class, you know, basically shop class, but you don't want to do woodworking, you can actually choose Aviation 105. And upon passing the class, you actually get college credit that you can use at UND to satisfy you know, a requirement or whatever, if you decide to want to go on to the professional aviation route. So you can get a jump on your college aviation career in high school. And get credit uh, to boot. So uh, that that's pretty sweet. I wish I had that in my flight training. I get some credit for it other than, you know, having a banana thrown my way. Every well, now and you know, then if, if you were actually, you know, making progress, how are we coming? Yes, I am. Uh, I'm making progress. Good. Um, I haven't really done much. Are this you week, retaining anything? Yeah, of course. I'm really, okay. You know, some stuff. I'm still waiting for the FAA to get back uh, to me on my uh, third class medical. But you know, it is what it is. You submit all the paperwork, and then you just wait and wait and wait. But uh, but yeah, well, just remember. In the meantime, you can be working on you know your ground school here, and yeah. then once you're once you get through the course and take the practice test. Then uh, maybe I'll grab uh, grab my son Austin and bring him up to Orlando, and we'll sit down with you and spend an hour or two and kind of do a mock oral and make sure that you're prepared and get you scheduled to take the test. Okay, and at right. least you'll have that out of the way. That gives the FAA two more years to figure out what they need to do because that's how long the test is valid for. Well, okay, so we'll, we'll get that out of the way to get right. uh, get through the process. But yeah, uh, I'm making some progress. Just it's slowly, steady, and slow. 
we'll go we'll go with that for now all right uh, another story we have uh well you know we've we've talked about this the last few years but looks like we're getting closer to drone delivery of pizzas and uh, what Domino's is going to be the first one we think or what what are we hearing well, I, don't, I don't know if they're first but they've announced that they have a partnership with a company called Skydrop that is uh, building the drone for them and they're going to be doing a test in New Zealand okay. uh, and apparently this drone is a fairly good size because they're expecting to be able to make deliveries as large as three extra large pizzas or two large along with a soda and a side dish hmm Drone drop, that's what they're calling it. That's not <laughs> Sky the drop. Sky, that is not a, a, an ideal name for delivery of pizza. Hey, we're going to just drop this. T- <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but, but it is interesting. You know, you think about it, that, that last mile delivery is really the, the, the challenge to break. I mean, Skydrop says that it's a trillion dollar last mile food delivery. You know, that's your Uber Eats and Grubhub and all of these companies right. are all competing for that market. And they're, they're anticipating it's going to grow even bigger. I mean, pizza delivery was always, you know, kind of everybody's forefront, but there's definitely a lot of other opportunities out here. But Domino's is, was experimenting years ago with a robotic car, you know, a self-driving autonomous pizza delivery vehicle. Well, right. this just takes that to the next level and we get yep. roads out of the equation. Okay. Uh, I, I do find it ironic that it's uh, New Zealand. Why New Zealand? Is it a Probably Lord of the uh, Rings thing or something? Uh, maybe less people uh, okay. to fly over largely populated areas, at least to get it started in testing. Okay, that um, makes sense. Yeah. We can sacrifice a few of them <laughs> in the testing. Well, we might hit one or two sheep, you know, instead oh, okay. of... You know. But maybe that's it. I don't know. We love our Kiwis. It's a bad so. joke. Sorry. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, uh, but it, but it's coming. Like you said, it, it will be interesting to see uh, when that uh, day actually arrives, but they seem to be making a little progress here and there, and uh, time will tell. Uh, you know, will, will it make it uh, instead of 30 minutes or less, it's going to be like five minutes or less because they're flying a drone? They should be able to shave some time off of that guarantee is, my, my, uh, is how I look at it. Yeah, but it was never the 30 minutes was never the delivery time. That was always the the least of it. It was, you know, how long to take the order, how many people were ahead of you and you know, but still 30 minutes to get a pizza made. I mean, that the guarantee, the only reason they got rid of that was that too many of their drivers were racing to try to, you know, beat 30 minutes so that they wouldn't have to give the customer the free pizza. So right. it turned into a safety issue. Well, well, with the drone, now we don't have to worry about that. Yeah, so. If they get down to the wire, they'll just drop it. <laughs> and if it's within <laughs> well, the company's certain... called Skydrop. Yeah, so there exactly. you go. It, it could happen. It could happen. All right. Well, uh, I saw another story that kind of ties in uh, with some stuff I've been reading about the new Avatar movies. Um, yeah, you know, if you're a fan of James Cameron, which I am, I've been uh, looking forward to this at the end of the year, the new Avatar movie, Avatar 2, and evidently they filmed 2, 3, and 4, and I have some diving friends from the industry that have uh, helped out with that production, but I was reading a little synopsis of what is going into that uh, movie. There's a lot of underwater film of Pandora, and they're, they're going to go into the water, and that's why I kind of know some inside track uh stuff behind the scenes in that regard but i read that the uh the bad guys which are coming in to you know uh take over they, the uh resources of pandora you know like a military unobtainium yes exactly right that uh they're going to come back to the planet but they won't have anything with them they'll travel very light but they'll have a some kind of printer 
that will like 3D print all their weapons. So they'll just land, you know, set up the printer, and then they press a button and it spits out all the weapons they're going to use against the uh, avatars. <laughs> and the folks are what? Na- Navi? Navi? Uh, but, uh, anyway, I was thinking, you know, is this uh, actually possible? I mean, there, a lot of 3D printing's coming into like the Teslas and and all that kind of stuff, right? They're they're doing this uh, special type of you know body molding kind of thing, which is like a 3D printer, isn't it? It is, and I mean NASA's actually got a 3D printer up on the space station where they can actually upload parts or tools, yeah, and can make them to order. And if you think about it, that makes a lot of sense. There's only so many things that you can put up. It costs a lot of money to bring things up to space, and if you need a particular wrench, you don't want to have to wait for the next SpaceX launch to send a Dragon capsule up. Right. You well, can just I, I print saw it yourself. Pratt and Whitney. Uh, they, they've uh, put out a press release about using 3D printing technology in their engines. So, well, and GE's been doing it too. In fact, they've got an end, a fully 3D printed engine that they expect to run this year, but. Uh, 3D printing has a, a possibility of completely revolutionizing the typical jet engine. There's just a limitation to how much we can do when it comes to conventional uh, manufacturing. You know, the whether it's CNC milling of parts or making, uh, you know, castings, all of that. It's there's only so much you can do. But if you can actually take the design and build it at the component level, you can probably get a lot more intricate. Uh, uh, like different channels and things that you could not, you know, do in a conventional cast mold. You could build in these special cooling ducts and stuff inside of a turbine blade and make it super lightweight. And the way that they do that is with like a, a 3D laser sintering, they call it. Basically, they've got a laser that's fusing uh, powdered metal together to build the structure. Instead of taking a block of metal and cutting things away to get to the shape, you take the little chips of metal and you melt them together to make something all right i like it but i think you need to go to air venture next week dennis go over to the cirrus folks and talk to them and ask them how long will it take you where i can just press a button on my 3d printer and it'll spit out a vision jet download a print airplane i love this idea yes i mean it's the future and uh you know maybe you'll see some of that or you know ask them see how long they think uh it'll take for that technology to be here uh because uh we need it now I, I would like it before I get my private pilot certificate. Probably sooner than your private ticket. Yeah, exactly right. That, I figured that was coming. <laughs> All right. On that note, we'll wrap it up till next time. Remember, there's no better high than learning to fly. Just Plane Radio is brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Morbid. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plane Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. But just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlaneRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plane Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle.
Listen up, everybody. I have some news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plain Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. A little too far. Cross the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlainRadio.com. 